Welcome to the 3G Podcast, a series on girls who are chasing their goals and reaching new heights in their respective worlds. I'm co-host and two-time USA Olympian, Nicole Ossinger. I'm your other co-host and owner and designer of Cam Swim, Cameron Norfleet. And we're girls going for gold. All right, everybody, we are really excited to have Rita on the show today. Um, I actually came across her on LinkedIn. Um, I saw that she was another podcast guest on someone other another marketing podcast that I follow um and I thought that she was so cool and so we wanted to get her on here and see her you know get her story and share how she's going for gold in her own little you know way so Rita thanks for being on the show thank you so much for having me I am flattered to be near anyone that is an Olympian that works uh, physically way more hard than I do behind a computer and a microphone so (laughs) I don't feel I deserve to be here but I'm definitely grateful and thankful for it so you're so sweet (laughs) (laughs) yeah Nicole makes it Nicole always plays a very nonchalant but I mean she's it, she has a pretty cool gig going on with her little life. So yeah. And congratulations Pas- to Nicole. Um, she just finished her last submission and semester for college. So she's yes. almost graduated. I'm yes. done. <laughs> I'm That's so happy. Amazing. Yeah, that is awesome. So Rita, <laughs> I guess to start the show, we will ask you just a little bit about yourself. Give us some backstory of what's going on and what you do for your career. Yeah, absolutely. So um backstory. I mean, let's not try to get too, too far back. You only have a few, few minutes to hear me talk, but I guess we'll start with, um, around Nicole's time and in life. So I was a former theater kid in high school. I did a lot of music, piano, drama, the whole shebang. I was that kid. And, um, I actually played piano for a really long time and got into college on a music scholarship. And I was super excited because um, it was not really clear whether or not I would be able to afford to go to college at the time. There were a lot of things personally and family-wise that were making it really hard um, on us. So I kind of had to grow up really fast at like 18, had to figure out, all right, well, if we don't have money, how am I going to get a job? How am I going to pay for school, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole story started with uh, me doing choir in college. And I was, I wasn't even like a cool music scholar. I was like the choir kid scholar, right? Like it's still, it's still <laughs> a little bit of a geekiness to that. But I loved it because um, I met a lot of cool people and it was super inspiring. Um, but what happened is uh, when you're in a music program with very talented people, Nicole, I'm sure you can relate to this as an Olympian, you start to question whether or not you're even good at it. Cause mm-hmm. there's so pe- there's people that are just amazing. And you're like, oh, I don't know. So my, my decision was I wasn't as good as I thought of a singer and a pianist as everybody else. Um, and I decided I really needed to, to needed to do a job that, um, made me some money. And, um, while I was in college, I was teaching music to like kids and stuff, but I, I just, it wasn't making enough money and I was feeling a lot of imposter syndrome and I decided to start, uh, looking into business, uh, which was scary because I would lose my scholarship if I had to, uh, obviously change my major, but that was a going for the gold moment for me because I realized it wasn't suited for me anymore. And I had to kind of, um, say give up on that dream, but it felt like it at the moment to go pursue something that would financially um, help out. So I went from that to working as an intern um, at this like small 
semi-big local bowling alley. I don't know. I thought I was cool because it was like in an office and it was my first time in an office. And I like Googled Blair Waldorf outfits to come to work in (laughs) and like show up in and try to be like that girl or whatever. Um, But very clearly realized I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, one thing led to another. And um, as time went on, I still needed to pay for school because I paid for school as I went. I didn't take out any student loans. That was really important to me. So I had a lot of jobs. There were a lot of, you know how Taylor Swift has like 17,000 eras. I feel like I had just as many, but like packed in like two or three years of my life. (laughs) So so basically after, uh, after all that debacle, I found a job at BMW. So I worked at BMW. Um, as a director of first impressions and for anyone listening, if you are under 21 and somebody offers you a job that has the title director in it and you haven't had that much experience, there's probably a catch. And, uh, my catch was that it was basically a door greeter. Okay. But, (laughs) but the director of first impressions was important. Like I had a title, they gave me an office. They put my name on the office. And it was one of the first times that I had an inkling of the power of naming or branding or anything like that. Because on my resume, it was dope. I was walking around like, yeah, guys, I got an office. I'm the director at BMW. No, homegirl, I was opening doors and cleaning cars. Okay. <laughs> like I was like, I was like, may I take your hat, sir? Thank you. How can I help you? Like that was me. Um, time passed. I worked at Tesla for a little bit, moved up, you know, did some customer service stuff. But ultimately, my breaking point was when I was around like 22, I realized I didn't like anything I was doing. And I was very lost. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had um, one of the worst panic attacks of my life working for this company. I was working for Tesla. I was 22. I went to the ER and I literally thought I was going to die. Like I actually had all the the heart attack symptoms, whatever. And I was just sitting there like, what am I doing to myself? Like, why am I doing this thing that I don't like? You know, my goal was to make money, but maybe that's not what life is all about. Maybe that's not what I should be going for because here I am and I hate how I feel and I hate where my life is going. And it was really, really hard. Um, So I packed up my pride and my ego. I moved back in with my parents and I end up, Uh, taking all sorts of odd end jobs again. And this time, the only thing that I knew I wanted to do was I wanted to do something that allowed me to be happy, to be creative, and uh, to meet all sorts of cool people. Those were like the three main things. Yeah. So those three three whys, um, with of course, something that makes money after all of that, is slowly but surely um, led me to a marketing position at a law firm that I did for a year. Uh, and maybe some more. I don't know. Time is an enigma. I can't really remember anything anymore. <laughs> um, but after this period of time, fast forward 2020, the year that everything stopped, I decided I wanted to travel. I was like, I'm going to remote travel this year. I'm going to be one of those people. Um, and at the same time, I was like, maybe I want to do the Disney college program too. I'm not so sure. I'm obsessed with both things. So I applied for the Disney college program. I got in, this was February of 2020. And then I sat down with my mom and I decided somehow, some way, even though I thought she was crazy, we looked at each other and we're like, this doesn't feel right. Even though I love Disney and I'm that Disney girl, like I'm for sure, like in any, in any job I've ever had, they're like, oh, that's the Disney girl. Like that's literally me. 
Um, I didn't do it because it just didn't feel right. We couldn't explain it. And I looked for a job, remote job. That's all I knew I wanted to do was something where I didn't feel like I had to go anywhere, but be in my pants and my pajamas, maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, (laughs) um, that's when the podcasting agency position opened up. And um, I realized, you know, some of the content creation stuff I had been working on and doing at the, the law firm was doing really well. So I had a little bit of a portfolio to share. I applied, I got the job. And then two years later, after working agency side, I have my own business. So there you go. I feel like Olaf, where he like repeat, repeats the whole story about Frozen in like 30 yeah. seconds and like tries to mimic everybody. That's <laughs> literally what I just did. So yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say like, we got the whole background story. So like now we, now we know where you're at now. What is life like now? You told us all the way up until now you're a business owner. Like how does that translate into what you're doing now? It's so funny because what I'm doing now more feels close to my high school me. I feel like after a full circle of all different jobs, all different whatever, I feel like I can finally be myself. And I find myself doing parodies often online and singing and the drama and the theater actually is part of my work life somehow. Don't really know. Um, I got paid to do a Christmas parody the other day. Hilarious. <laughs> like, you know <laughs> what I mean? And, um, you know, it can be hard to be a business owner, but it's different when you're investing and working on things for yourself versus for somebody else. It's, it's fulfilling because it's like, no matter how hard I work, I know that this is helping me to grow. And that's something that was so important to me too, is, you know, I found myself often at jobs sitting there being like, why am I even here? Like, I'm not learning anything. I feel like I'm repeating the same five things every day. And by having my own business, it's like every day is an adventure. It's a roller coaster. There are super high highs and there are equally low lows, but uh, that's part of the adventure and the journey. And I, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Well, and I think, you know, one of the things with like being an entrepreneur and everything is like, it's all relying on you. No one's going to hold your hand or tell you, okay, now it's time to go complete these tasks, you know? So it's like, you can, the beauty in it is like, you can go as hard or as slow as you want, but like it all still just relies on you. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I've kind of learned this year to like gain self-confidence and everything is like one of the best things you can do to increase your self-confidence within yourself is let like whatever you tell yourself you're going to do, you do it. And you constantly hold yourself accountable. And the more you put like, I'm going to do this by this date, or I'm going to have this done, or like put these goals out in front of yourself. If you promise, if you keep those promises to yourself, your self-confidence, like goes crazy high. And I've learned that like, that's, that's been like a shift in my mindset of like, if I hold myself accountable and keep my promises to myself and like, you know, as a business owner, like you find that confidence. And even on those days when like, maybe it's a rough day, like if you're still keeping those promises to yourself and doing the things that you told yourself you're going to do, that is going to make you and put you in a better mindset you know, no matter what. And like you said, just feel so much more fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, I would say for me, um, sometimes it's focusing on the things that I can't do Mm -hmm. and finding a way to learn how to do them is what the difference is between working for yourself and working for a job. Because if you don't know how to do something, you can look to your manager at a job and be like, Hey, how do I do this? Where's my training? But like, for me, 
um, I very abruptly started this business. This is not something I ever wanted to do. I never planned for it. I was laid off at the role that I was in prior. And I had two weeks to figure out how I was going to pay my next month's rent. And there's only three options. You can either get a new job, make your own money by having your own business, or file for unemployment. I filed for unemployment. I never got the check. Um, I was having difficulty getting interviews. Nobody wanted to uh, to interview me. I even hopped on an interview with somebody. I asked for a remote role. And within three minutes, they just turned off their camera and left without a word. And they never spoke to me again because I asked for a remote job. Crazy, right? So after that, that was basically me being like, you know what? I'm going to go do it myself because that was the best breaking point for me. And um, I Googled how to get an LLC and uh, I got one. I found an accountant. I uh, luckily had been posting on LinkedIn for a year. So when I made the announcement that I was laid off, um, I was very blessed and people started reaching out to me. They were like, hey, uh, we're interested. And more so uh, my former colleague, Rob Conlin, uh, was super supportive and he would send all these people my way, even though he was in a similar position, like we got laid off. And I think the thing is, you know, when you are feeling like you cannot achieve your goals, you have to find community and you have to rely on other people to help push you through, even when they might be your competitor. Like, I don't believe in having a competitor mindset. I believe that we all have the same roles and opportunities, but we all are different, like unique for those roles and opportunities. So it spoke volumes to me when somebody who also was in the same boat and was also trying to say, start their own business, the same niche and everything was just like passing off business to me, you know? And I was very, very, very blessed. I'm not even a year into doing this. I started this um, March of March or April of this year, essentially. And I guess the biggest lesson is, you know, it's not comfortable to do this. You really have to put yourself out there. But I really believe once you find your uncomfort zone, that's your zone of genius. That's where your growth happens. That's where you overcome uh, having difficulties with your confidence. Um, that's where you battle your imposter syndrome because you are in that ring and just fighting right back at it like you're a, a boxer or whatever. And so right now... Um, I often do look for things that make me wildly uncomfortable and that are hard to do. And I just kind of try. And if you don't try, you'll, you'll never know. And I guess that's the biggest thing from this whole experience is I told myself I'd give myself one year to try this and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, I can always go back and find a job, hopefully, you know, depending on what this world comes to, but you know, <laughs> so like I can teach piano on the side again, whatever, you know what I mean? So um, I love that you are also seeking that. And I feel that if anyone is listening and they feel that they cannot go for their own gold, whatever that means, they feel stuck, you feel stuck, you feel that um, just no matter what you do, you don't know if it's what you even want to do, just try it. You don't have to do your dream job tomorrow. You just have to get one step closer to something that you would rather do than what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, I actually, going back to what you said when like you had like a community and you mm -hmm. had um, Rob who helped you out with like finding jobs, like that kind of really spoke volume to me as an athlete because like I train with one of my biggest competitors yet at the same time, 
we both will text each other like this is like I'm not feeling it today and we'll both kind of like cheer each other on which is really cool because like I said like we compete there's only one spot for the Olympics and we're both trying to get it but we're both there trying to I guess help each other out so I think that's yeah really cool that even in a job setting and an athlete setting like you still have a community where people are just trying to push you to be the best person you are. And so I thought that was cool that it relates. Yeah. I mean, and it's for me, it's just the art of being human and being kind. I don't think we have to step on other people to get the gold. I don't think we have to burn bridges while we pursue our goals. If anything, we should be building each other up and helping each other get there because you never know when it will be your time to win and you had a really messy road to get there, you know, it, it'll come back to get you. <laughs> For sure. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I think it really like, you know, it goes back to like, there's enough for everybody. Like it's there, it's plentiful. So like, don't feel like, don't stay in a scarcity mindset where like, I need to take everything for me. Like that doesn't get you farther. And like, what's that saying? Like, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with people, like bring a community. And like, that is, it also is just more fulfilling. Like it's more fun to have like people in your, you know, to support you and be there for you, to cheer you on when you are, when it is your turn to win, you know, like that's a lonely thing. If like, yeah, you burn all these bridges and then you actually win whatever that is and then no one's there to clap for you because you're not a nice person like that's not fun so like if your gold if you're what you're going for is money even if you get it at the end it's highly unlikely you will actually be satisfied if you've achieved it alone and there's no one there around you to right. celebrate and share with that experience with you so for me yes it's business but it's uh, a lesson in life and I I always am striving to try to be a better person to try to understand people and be kind because that's also a really great skill if you are hosting a podcast to make sure that you can actually have a good conversation and build relationship with people right so you know it's good for the the world and karma but also like good from a skills perspective as well too absolutely so give us a little backstory about how bibbity bobbity business came about um obviously we know that you love disney and you're the disney girl um but what what made you go for that and Honestly, it's so funny because um, I tried a few podcasts before this one kind of stuck. Again, I'm always a trier. Uh, the first one I tried, I, again, I, I did, I called it the nomadic professional and I wanted to like interview people that traveled and worked at the same time. And three interviews in, I realized I didn't even want that lifestyle. And I like truly can't resonate with anything that these people are saying. <laughs> and I could have been uh, mean to myself and hard on myself and pushed through because I told myself I would do it. Um, or I could just start over <laughs> and try something else. And that's what I did. I tried many things. And what ended up happening is I tried to better understand business terms by using Disney as an analogy. And I also wanted an excuse to talk about Disney all the time in a way that didn't only look make me look like a fangirl, which I quite am. But, you know, I like business as well, too. So uh, it just came up one day. I was like, I have an excuse to talk to former cast members. Maybe I could make friends this way and all of that. Uh, so I was like, Disney, okay, that Disney business sounds like a weird podcast name. Uh, but you know, it has kind of a bop to it. I'm like, bippity boppity boo. And I'm like, all right, bippity boppity business. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, thus it was born. I, uh, was at the agency and as I was learning about podcasting and business, 
I was implementing the things that I was learning into that podcast because I also uh, felt that it was more authentic that if I was coaching clients on how to produce and run their podcast, that I actually have one. <laughs> so I, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. And I've interviewed really cool people that I really can't even believe that I interviewed. Um, I've interviewed a Disney anime. I've interviewed a writer. I've interviewed um, the creative uh, head VP of Loungefly Design, those little cute Disney backpacks that you see people walking, wearing with all the whatever, the merch that's in the store. I got to interview her like a designer. I'm like, holy moly, this is cool. And um, the only intent of the show is to try to put a little bit of fun and life into business while we learn it. You know, I really believe that there is a way for us to infuse wonder into our work, um, for us to create meaningful connections through storytelling and to um, just kindle the fire that we've had uh, as kids or as teens and whatever part of our life um, as adults. And it's actually a superpower to use and to be reckoned with. So um, I didn't want my show to be just another Disney show and just another business show. And that's kind of what happens. <laughs> well, I feel like that's like, you make it more relatable because yeah. like for me, my brain does not work about knowing or understanding anything business related. Like it is very yeah. difficult for me. So I feel like because you implement like the Disney aspect and like explain it in that type of terms, it just makes it easier to follow, more fun to follow. And I don't know, it's just like, it's more interesting. So I really like that you like put a spin on that. Yeah. And that's kind of what I want to do with uh, everyone that I work with. I want to find a way to make them feel that they can authentically communicate themselves through their brand, through their content, and hopefully have a little fun. Because again, like we're only on earth for such a short period of time. And if every day is that sit and wait, when's my life going to begin? I didn't mean to quote Tangled, but it just kind of happened. Um, <laughs> then Tangled. like, are are you really living, you know? So yeah, I mean, it's, it's really fun. And hopefully uh, one day I get to like go to Disney for free or something. That would be great. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Stay in Cinderella's castle or her castle suite oh, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Every episode I'm asking everybody, can I get up to that castle suite? My, I'm trying to get there. So far I've gotten this close, but the answer is still no. So maybe if I like become friends with like, um, I don't know, the voice of Ariel herself or something, then I'll get in, but not, not quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was close to getting there once, but it didn't happen. Yes close were you yeah. were you were you friends with anyone when you worked at Disney and as I know you say you're friends with people you weren't actually yes yes so um I was friends with the chipmunks that was my friendly height that I was at um awesome. and then I was friends with Anna from Frozen um yes I was almost friends with Belle but it didn't work out so um I know Anymore. But it's still fun. It was right around the time that Frozen was like still super uber popular. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was just like the craze of we, you know, when I would hang out with Anna, we didn't have shorter lines than an hour long, you know, so. You guys were it the was main still, event. <laughs> yeah, it was still really cool. It was still a really cool experience. So Anna, Anna was fun to hang out with. That's amazing. I think, um, Something that I often find from my podcast too is that you, what you said earlier, relatable, right? 
Um, there are a lot of people that have a hobby and a life outside of work. Shocker, right? And if you only relate to people on their work level, then how will you actually get to know them? So um, I was on the plane on the way back from Tennessee uh, recently doing a podcast interview. And um, the guy looked very businessy. He looked very important. And I thought that we would literally never talk. And we got into talking and I told him about my podcast kind of awkwardly and shyly. And he's like, no, like, don't be weird about it. I was like, why? And he opens his wallet and pulls out an annual pass holder card. Like this full grown businessman. He's like, and we got him to talking about life and business and all these things just because we shared something in common. And I think sports is a similar thing too. Like if you relate to someone about sports or their team, like you really get to talking because you have something to like really easily connect with and relate on. I'm sure you can speak to that. For sure. I feel like any type of, I like try to get involved in all sports just because like I'm an athlete, so why not? And I just feel like anytime we have an athlete that comes on our show, that's bobsledding or we had um, a, a sailor come on. And so like, there's just like so many different like diverse athletes and people that do different sports that it was just like cool to like relate to them, but then also learn about their like life. So I completely, Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think it's, I think cool too, because if you can find things to relate with anybody, then you are just more personable. And like, you were saying, like the kind of like those soft skills that are kind of like often like looked over, like those are skills that can take you so much farther. Like you taught, you can learn different things, but like those, like, you know, one-on-one personality traits and being able to just like speak to anybody and everybody and relate to them somehow, some way, I mean, that just, it's going to serve you so well in life and whatever you're doing. Yeah. I mean, for anyone listening that is just doesn't really know where to start and how to improve in their life or their career. I mean, just focusing on people skills is a huge thing right now, especially with AI. I mean, we have robots that are doing manual labor, but you know Mm -hmm. what robots will never replace? The valuable uh, human relationships that we build and that connection, that mm. experience, right? Those bonds, those emotions, those memories that we share with each other. So, um, I, you know, that requires a little bit of overcoming self-doubt, overcoming um, maybe things that we tell ourselves we can't do. And once we just do little things to help ourselves, um, it can help a lot. And just having a podcast alone can be something where you can kind of test the waters out and easily meet new people without the same level as worry or stress or anxiety that you could maybe have um, if you're not really comfortable doing that. So whatever tool it is that you use, music, uh, uh, sports, podcasting, there's always a way for you to get out of your shell and get connected to a community and um, try to grow and while it does feel like this is something we do alone, there's always somebody out there that's willing to help if you just ask. Um, there's mentors, there's trainers, and you know, in, anyone listening, there's there's people you listen to, the content that you consume. You probably can send me or uh, any of these two lovely ladies a message, and we'd, we'd probably answer you and help you in any, any way we can as well, too. So um, it's like what Mr. Rogers always says, like, look, look for the helpers. They're always out there. So your journey for gold isn't doesn't have to be alone. And it's almost better when it's something that you share with others and you do together. Yeah, I think that's like a perfect segue into just like 
you know, closing out this episode because it's been so great to connect with you. And we are so excited to have had you on the show. Um, we like to end the show with our mantras. And so mine is have courage and be kind. And then Nicole is she believed she could. So she did. There's always a story to be told if you're willing to look for it and find it. Oh, that's perfect. I love that. Yeah. It's the Disney in me. I can't help it. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's mine's from cinderella so i i i agree and it's also on my board back there so it's always my reminder this has been so great and thank you so much for being on our podcast we really appreciate everything you've said and i hope that our listeners have learned new and insightful things to live by um so thank you. Yeah. And if there's uh, anything that we didn't touch on today and you want a little bit more inspiration from people who've done far more cooler things than me, you can check out my podcast, Bippity Boppity Business. It's on all major podcast players. And I am also on LinkedIn as well. If you are not on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn. It is free education for you every day, 24 seven. I post there as much as I can. Rita Risha. Um, and, uh, if you want to watch my podcast episodes, I have started a YouTube channel too. So you can check out some of those interviews, uh, Bippity Boppity Business as well on YouTube. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And that's a wrap for the 3G podcast. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a-